Hi, this is Trevor McDougall, and this is my rock and roll story on the Growing Up Rock podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to the Growing Up Rock time capsule. This is Stephen Michael, and this week we are going to bring you our first listener story. Um, so we are talking with Trevor McDougall. Hey, Trevor. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing awesome. So Trevor wrote in and shared one of his rock and roll stories with us uh, on the website, growinguprock.com, and we wanted to uh, talk about it a little bit because kind of growing up rock is really just kind of connecting those um, uh, emotional ties and sentimental ties that we have to rock and roll music that we grew up with. And uh, in Trevor's case, uh, I can identify with it personally. I know there's a lot of people that uh, can identify with uh, different bands and, and different things going on in their in their youth. Um, and Trevor, you're going to tell us a little bit, how, how did you first kind of get into music in general, even if it wasn't rock and roll? Um, how did you first kind of discover music and, and what was uh, what was that like for you? Well, basically, um, in my home, every morning the radio was on, whether it was uh, that nasally country stuff that my father used to listen to or um, some of the uh, early KTEL records. Remember those? Yeah, dude. Uh, that my mother had, you know, the 60s uh, ditties, they used to call them. Yeah. Things like that. Uh, you know, ABBA was in my house a little bit, but mostly it was uh, classic country and it it was there. A little knowing me, knowing you, huh? It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little Waterloo that I've never got to see. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Cool. But that's about it. I mean, that was the music in my house, and uh, anything else was yeah. frowned upon, I guess. Well, and so were you, did, did you listen to that music? Did you embrace that music, or were you? did you kind of shun that off immediately? <laughs> Back then, I basically just shut it off. I mean, it wasn't cool to like what your parents liked. But uh, now, just like any other kind of music, when I hear a certain song, whether it be classic country or even ABBA, it does take me back to some good memories. Yeah, and and so, um, so around what age were you at this point? Um, oh, it's as far back as I can remember. I didn't really hear my first actual hard rock or rock tunes until i was probably about sixth grade yeah that's about right that's the, about <clears> the same for myself i mean sixth seventh grade you kind of start yep. to hang around your friends and you start getting into music so so tell us tell us about you know kind of um what what was your um your gateway drug into hard rock well, going again back to sixth grade, it was uh, lunchroom. Like when it was lunchtime at school, the kids would come in and the one teacher allowed us to play a um, cassette player back then. And these group of kids that was in my class, I was hearing for the first time uh, bands like Helix and uh, I think it was Quiet Riot's Come On, Feel the Noise, uh-huh. right around that era. That's when I very first started hearing that kind of music and I was like, Ooh, what's this? <laughs> it, it was great. And then, um, you know, the year later, um, a friend of mine showed me this album he had called Theater of Pain. 
and I borrowed it from him and never gave it back. Right on. And so you you mentioned Helix, which is interesting because when a lot of people talk about their gateway drugs into rock and roll and things like that, I mean, I love Helix, but Helix isn't one of the more popular ones. But you you grew up, or, or did you grow up in Canada? Is that correct? Yeah, I'm about an hour and a half north of Toronto, and I've spent my whole life up here. It, and I didn't even realize Helix was a basically what they would call a local band until years, years later. Yeah, so that would explain it a lot. And I mean, I you know, Helix is one of those bands that I kind of grew up with as well, but that was just because, you know, I was a, a music, a hard rock geek, so I dug into music, and, and uh, they just they weren't all that popular here in the States, but they were pretty big at one point in time in Canada since that was from where they were from, so... Awesome. Yep. So you got theater of pain. You got you got started getting into crew. Uh, so go ahead. Well, basically, if I can take us back a few years uh, before that, um, I was out with some friends of mine, just you know the local gang from the neighborhood, and uh, you know Michael Jackson was really popular. The Thriller album, I think it was. Yep. And uh, my neighbor come running up to me and he says, "You got to listen to this tape." And he handed it to me, and I looked at it, and I saw these four guys and makeup on the front. And I threw it back at him. I said, get this garbage away from me. I'll stick to my Michael Jackson, and I don't want to listen to these clowns. Like so many kids before you. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, it was a missed opportunity, as I call it. But uh, um, fast forward a few years, um, after some family turmoil and things like that, I actually ended up in foster care for a year, my brother and I. Wow. And uh, after a year, I got to come home. Unfortunately, he did not. Um, but uh, the Children's Aid Society, as they call it up here, um, it's kind of like uh, the U.S. version of um, uh, people who take care of families and split families and things like that. Um, they appointed me a quote-unquote big brother. And I was to meet this guy. I went into the Children's Aid office with my folks and there was this guy sitting there, and he was basically what you would visualize as a Catholic monk. Uh-huh. He had the long brown robe, the the hemp uh, rope around his waist. Did he Just have like there. a Friar Tuck haircut? Like he was bald, but he had <laughs> hair around the outside? Well, he, he had hair, but it was very short, yes. Okay, cool. And I thought, what's this guy doing here? But I never thought anything more of it. We got called into the office, and... Uh, they said they wanted to introduce this guy, and in walks this monk. And uh, I was introduced to him. His name was Brother John Frampton. And he worked uh, just outside the town I lived in with some troubled teens and kids from troubled homes and things like that. He basically gave them an escape. So I thought, oh, geez, you know, I'm going to be preached at and everything else. And I didn't want that. But anyways, I went along with it because I really had no choice. I was just a kid. And uh, flash forward again another week, I guess, and he was going to take me out on my first excursion with him. And he was heading down to Toronto, which is a big city from where I was from. It was huge. Uh -huh. only, I'd only ever been there maybe once before. And I was a kid, and he was going to take me to Chuck E. Cheese. And I had never been there. I'd heard a lot, but I've never been there. Okay. And you had to travel to go to Chuck E. Cheese, obviously. Uh, but like I said, a two-hour drive. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we got into the car, and we took off out of my little Bodunk town that we lived in. And uh, he said, well, there's a 
Do you remember those little suitcase things that cassettes used to sit in? Yeah, absolutely. He says, he says there's one of those in the back seat. He says, uh, reach behind and grab a tape and throw it in the tape deck. Now, I was expecting, you know, gospel choir singers and things like that. Yeah, like the like the the chanting monks or something, right? Oh, uh, I didn't I didn't know what to expect to be honest. With you. <laughs> but uh, I opened it up, and much to my surprise, I saw some Motley Crue in there and wow. some ACDC. <laughs> Do you, I asked him, I said, do you remember like uh how many like it was all cassettes right it was all cassettes and every one of them was rock and roll that's uh, awesome about how many would you say how big of a case was it uh, i think it was one of those ones that holds about 16 okay cool yeah i used to have one of those awesome yeah, little backseat briefcase type of thing yep so anyways <clears throat> um i saw this tape and it kind of jumped out of me because it was kind of familiar and it was, uh, again, the Kiss Destroyer album. The same one a friend of mine showed me a couple years before that I threw back in his face. But it intrigued me. The cover intrigued me this time. So I said, here, put this one in. So he popped it in. So, and- so hold on. Let me, let me stop you because I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, get myself right. So how much time had passed from, um, say, like your Michael Jackson kiss encounter to to this day i mean was it a year was it two years was it months <clears throat> weeks what how much time i'm uh let's see that was uh before the foster care so i'm gonna say about a year year and a quarter maybe yeah so and the reason I, yeah the reason i asked that is because one of the things i found like growing up uh especially at an early age is that your musical taste change so much like your mind opens up to things you're willing to like check out and listen to and and uh that's why that's why i was curious because obviously a year and a half before you didn't want to have anything to do with it but now you know a year and a half later your your mind is opening up to it a little bit and now you're willing to you know hear it out a little bit so that's that's cool so sorry i just wanted to qualify that no, absolutely. And you're right. I was getting to the age now where I wanted to do things to spite my parents. And listening to that kind of music would definitely do that. Right. <laughs> so I got him to put the tape in. And we weren't any more than 10 minutes out of town this time. And I just, I cannot remember the trip to Toronto. I was just so engrossed in the music. It literally took me away. And made me forget everything that was going on, all the troubles I was having, some social issues that I was having, the problems with my parents, my family. Everything was just gone for that time, for that tape to play from one side to the next. I was literally just swept away to rock and roll world where I forgot everything. So, so let me ask you this. Was, he a, a, was, was the monk a tape uh, rewinder? So in other words, did, when you popped that tape in, was the very first thing you heard the dishes clanking and the radio on beginning in Detroit Rock City? Absolutely. And <laughs> All I right. I didn't know what to think at first. I thought, okay, what is this? And then I heard those first chords, you know, dan, 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 and yep. I was gone. Awesome.
killer. So, so you're digging, you're digging on Kish. You're starting to get into it. Then, do you just start opening up to other cassettes that he had in there, or, or I mean, uh, two-hour <laughs> ride? So, yeah, after that one played all the way through, um, I believe it was "Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap" by ACDC that we put in next. Nice, that's the coolest monk ever. <clears throat> You know, I had already heard Theater of Pain, of course, uh, through a friend of mine in school, but I had never, like, I've heard bits and pieces of, you know, parents flipping through the radio stations looking for the other country stations. You know, you've heard bits and pieces of ACDC, but not much. Yeah. And, you know, and then all of a sudden I heard, you know, Bon Scott's voice and the ripping guitar riffs and... Again, I was just like, what is this? <laughs> so that's pretty much it for you. At that point, you're hooked. And, and so uh, from, you know, I mean, what we're, we're uh, 30, 30, 40 years later, you're still listening to this type of music, right? I mean, you're still a huge fan of this, yeah? <clears throat> Absolutely. I think at last count, I had about forty-five to 50,000 CDs. Um Everything from, yes, right back to the classic country, right up to the hard rock, uh, which is my go-to. Yeah. And I am discovering new, new bands all the time, especially through shows like yours. Yeah, that's awesome. And and do you, um, uh, how do you seek out, um, well, back then, how did you seek out new music? Because nowadays <laughs> it's readily available, but back then, how did you seek out new music? Um, back then, well, let's see, I was probably just starting to work at the uh, age of 13 and once a year, um, a friend of mine's father would take us down to Young Street in Toronto for a day and just let us go up and down Young Street and we would hit, uh, like Sam the Record Man and A&A tape stores because they didn't have those in my little town. We did not have a tape store. Right. That's the closest thing we could get to tapes was going into a Stedman's VNS and, uh, picking up what he had on a rack of maybe 20 there. We didn't have much music because we didn't have cable. Um, basically, it was just through friends. I discovered a few things, and then when I got to Toronto, it was the album art. If I saw something that jumped out at me, I picked it up. That's killer, man. Once a year, I would spend five to $600, basically just blow it. It was just a complete music day for me in Toronto. And so how have your... Um... How have your musical chain uh, taste changed over the year? I mean, um, is is the Kiss and the Motley Crues and the Twisted Sisters and the Helixes are those all still your go tos, or have you branched out and now you're like a progressive metal guy or you're a thrash guy? Or I mean, what are you what are you into these days? What's what's hitting home for you now? Well, I, I still do have those go tos. I love that hard rock, sleaze rock sound of the eighties. Hence the term hair metal, which I, like Eddie Trunk, absolutely hate that term, but that's what it is. Right on. Um, I have grown with it. Um, right now, I'm listening to a lot of bands out of the uh, European area. Is what's fresh over there is what I used to listen to back, or what we used to listen to back in the 80s. There's a lot of good bands coming out. Uh, there's actually a couple coming out of Toronto that I've really enjoyed. Uh, like Love Razor are fantastic. Um due to your last, uh, I think it was your last episode, or a few episodes ago, you were talking to a band called Restrained, and I checked them out, and internet has helped a lot with YouTube, and I just YouTube. randomly click on bands and find them. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool. And so, um, do, you have, do you have kids now, Trevor? 
I do. Do you? One's married, and the other one's in her second year of college. So, so when they were when they were growing up, were you were you kind of trying to pedal uh, your rock and roll off on them, and and were they accepting or, or declining your your advances? Well, they were definitely known as my children. Each of them dressed up as um, a member of Kiss for Halloween due to Daddy's influence. Nice. And uh, I taught them who the band members were, so they can just I could say who who's in this band, and they can ring off the the members. I definitely brainwashed them a little bit, but I let them do their own thing too. They have to make their own choices in life. That's cool. That's awesome, man. I'll kill her. So, um, what's your uh, what's your go to Kiss song, or, or let's start with this. What's your go to Kiss album? Oh, Kiss album. Don't think about it too. Long. I I generally go with a bootleg. I, I like some of like Auckland, nineteen eighty. I like a good live show. Really, you're all about the live, are you? I do like a live show, and I, I do enjoy it. It's either that one, or I do like. Uh, Live at the Ritz from 1988. But if you're going with just studio albums, it's probably rock and roll over. Okay. Uh, and go ahead and um, uh, give me give me your, your Kiss tune that's going to play us out. What's your go-to Kiss song that's going to play us out of this episode? Well, it's not going to be a, a popular one. Maybe it is popular, but uh, it's going to be an often album that uh, I searched far and wide for. It was almost a holy grail when I found it. It's going to be off the compilation album, Killers. And I'm going to say Down on Your Knees, because I love that song, and it doesn't get near enough credit. All right, Down on Your Knees off the Killers record. All right, Trevor, well, this has been super cool. Are there are there any other podcasts that you listen to? You listen to Growing Up Rock. Are there any other podcasts that you want to give a shout-out to that you're digging? You know what? Three of my favorites right now, other than Growing Up Rock, is going to be the CGCM podcast, mm-hmm. which is Canadian. Uh, the Decibel Geek Podcast. And I'm going to have to stick with my uh, favorite band, of course. I'm going to have to say all of the KISS podcasts that I listen to. I really enjoy listening to Matt Porter and the KISS Room. Cool. Awesome. All right. This is Trevor McDougal, and uh, this is your rock and roll story. So uh, we appreciate you uh, sharing that with us, man. Uh, Not a problem, Steve. Anytime. I'd love to come on and talk music. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Podcast.